Life Audio. Today we are talking about how Jesus is the only one that can calm our chaos in our lives. And what that does for us as believers is it naturally produces in us this response of thankfulness. But today what we're going to do is we're going to look at four different narratives of how people ended up in chaos in the first place, and maybe some of the parallels that that plays out in our own lives. It's going to be a great episode. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, and today we are doing a devotional reading of Psalm 107. And today marks the first psalm in the last of the five books of the Psalms. The Psalter is broken up into five books, and we have gone through the first four books in the entirety. And then Psalm 107 through Psalm 150 are the last of those five books. So today, like I said, is the first in that last book. As we go through these psalms, the goal of this is to supplement your Bible reading, not to replace it, of course, but to help maybe break down some of those barriers that are cultural or maybe we don't understand because of the history or the time that it's been since these psalms were originally written. Because what we recognize is while the psalms, just like all of scripture, were were written for us, they were not essentially written to us. They originally were written to an audience that is very far removed from where we are in our time, history, space, and culture. And so some of the things that would have been known to that culture at that time are lost on us. And so the goal is really to expose some of those things to help you understand them and really help you understand the context of the scriptures as it reveals God. God's character, and God's nature. If you are wanting to dive a little bit deeper, every Monday I send out a newsletter that has journaling prompts to go along with each of these psalms that's completely free. You can go to shehears.org and sign up for the newsletter there. Also, if you would like the previous episode's journaling prompts, those are available on the resources section of shehears.org, and those start at only $5 for 50 psalms. And that goes ahead and it gives you the journaling prompt, space to actually journal, a link to the audio devotional, and a key verse for the day. So again, just some additional resources to help you if you want to dive a little bit deeper. So I'm starting at Psalm 107 verse 1, and I'm reading from the NIV. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures 
forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say this, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in the desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, prisoners suffering in iron chains, for they had rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the deepest gloom and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. For he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. Some become fools through their rebellious, rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He sent forth his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works with songs of joy. Others went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunken men. They were at their wit's end. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. He turned rivers into a desert, flowing springs into thirsty ground, and fruitful land into a salt waste. Because of the wickedness of those who lived there, he turned the desert desert into pools of water and the parched ground into flowing springs. There he brought the hungry to live and they founded a city where they could settle. They sowed fields and planted vineyards that yielded a fruitful harvest. He blessed them and their numbers greatly increased and he did not let their herds diminish. Then their numbers decreased and they were humbled by oppression, calamity, and sorrow. He who pours contempt on nobles made them wander in a trackless waste, but he lifted the needy out of their affliction and increased their families like flocks. The upright see and rejoice, but all the wicked shut their mouths. Whoever is wise, let him heed these things and consider the great love of the Lord. As we take a look at Psalm 107, we realize that this is a psalm all about giving thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love. And the beginning of Psalm 107 is very similar to the beginning of Psalm 106. But whereas Psalm 106 was really more of a lament, this is a psalm that is really calling on God's people to thank him for this wonderful rescue that they've experienced from these various forms of suffering. There's a narration of four different stories, essentially, where they are rescued from a deadly threat, and it's followed by a cry for help, and then God comes to deliver. And of course, what does that do? It elicits this call to thank and praise God for his deliverance. The The end of it, the end of this, this psalm, is a call to the wise, and the wise is essentially believers, 
And it's connecting the psalm to some of the more wisdom traditions of the Old Testament. In the very beginning of Psalm 107, so this would be verses 1 through 3, the psalmist here is really urging the people of God, which are called the redeemed of the Lord. He's calling them to thank God. And he calls on them to speak. And the NIV translates this as tell their story, which I want you to pay attention to that aspect of telling your story. But the redeemed or the followers of God are identified as these people that have gathered from four directions from the promised land. And it's talking about likely what we seem to, to um, agree on as the scholars look at this is that they have returned from this Babylonian exile. And so what we see as a result of that is this sign of God's love. That word has said that we've talked about in the past that has said of God, the love of God endures with them forever. So the first group we see in verses four through nine, and that is those that are returning from the desert wasteland. And so this first group of people, the redeemed people, are from this dispersion of people who were wandering in in these desert wastelands. And so, yes, there is a little bit of an allusion to that wilderness wandering that we were talking about yesterday that was in the very far distant past of Israel's history. But probably more so what this psalm is doing is it's really reflecting on the more recent wandering, which was the return from the Babylonian exile, which that was sometimes referred to or seen as almost a second exodus. exodus. And of course, it was a return from a wilderness. Now, maybe Babylon Babylon wasn't necessarily wilderness, but metaphorically speaking, the wilderness can represent that exile that we've been in or that wandering we've been in or that um, like in our own lives, it would represent those seasons in our lives where we're just trying to figure it all out. Perhaps there's sin, perhaps there's not, perhaps there's um, maybe some distance between us and God. And so this is representing a return from that. They were suffering literal hunger, literal thirst, but God is satisfying their needs. We see him providing food, providing drink, and he brought them out of those wastelands to a city, probably Jerusalem, where they were provided for. And so God redeemed them because they cried to him for help. And of course, what we see is there's an opportunity to give him thanks for his deliverance in our own lives when he has responded to us and met our needs because of our cries for help. We're going to take a quick break right here. When we come back, we're going to go through the rest of this psalm. Stay tuned. The second narrative is verses 10 through 16, where it's talking about those that are coming out of darkness. And so the psalmist here is reflecting on this redemption of the prisoners who were literally in chains. And we don't learn the reason for those people that were in those chains, like we do with those who were wandering around in these desert wastelands um, in the previous story. But here, these prisoners are in this difficult situation. And we can see in, in verse 11, it's talking about how their situation is connected to their sin against God's will. And so the Old Testament does this. It consistently explains that Judah's exile in Babylon is the result of their sin. We see that over and over. But even still, when they cried to the Lord for help, even though they were in a situation as a consequence of their own sin, which is what we talked about yesterday, even though they were there because of their own doing, it was a consequence of their own choices. God still delivers them from their imprisonment. And that's what the psalmist is calling on them to thank God for. 
The third would be verses 17 through 22, where it's talking about the fools. And so this group is people that are identified by God as fools, and they're coming to this situation because of the rebellion against God. And so just like the previous group, those that were in chains because of the result of their sin, these people, again, are suffering because of their sin. But again, what do we see? Even though they're there in that situation because of their sin, they call on God for help and then he responds. He saves them. So as a result, again, the psalmist is calling on them to thank God and do thank offerings for him because of the way that he rescued him them from, from his that situation. And then verses 23 through 32 talks about calming the storm waters. And so it's this fourth group, which is kind of like the first. They're not characterized as sinners, although they do find themselves in this life-threatening, dangerous situation. They're likely the merchants, and the merchants are the ones who transport things on the seas. And so what they're experiencing is literal storms that have this threat to completely capsize their ships. And so what the psalmist is doing here is he's talking about the power of these storms and can connecting that to God. And so those storms can toss these ships around until they're capsized and seasoned sailors even have lost their courage. And they have no choice but to call on God to save them. And then he did by delivering them. And so he calmed the storm waters. And then the psalmist, of course, is calling on them to to praise God for calming literally the storm waters. Verses 33 through 38 has a unique um, metaphor to it, I guess you would say. It's talking about this human wickedness and how it brings a divine response. And so when it's talking through some of these things, think about this: what this might mean in your own life. God can turn inhabitable land into uninhabitable, meaning in response to human sin, If you think about a story like Genesis 18 and 19, the Sodom and Gomorrah story, where God has turned this wonderful, fruitful land into salt waste, there is a consequence for their sin. And God, as the creator, has the power, authority to take something that was once fruitful and make it waste in response to human sin. But then on the other hand, we also see how God can provide shelter and provision for those that need it, and he can turn this parched, dry ground into flowing springs as a result of his blessing. And so this section is really, while it's talking about something that literally did happen in the Old Testament, think about that in terms of your own life. When you are pursuing the things of the flesh, Things that you are pursuing that God maybe previously had his hand a blessing on and you take him out of the equation, what can happen? It can go from fruitful into waste. Or the opposite is true. When you are standing on dry ground and you don't know how you're going to get through, but you surrender that thing to God, he can make those flowing springs come out from that, that dry, dry ground. I want you to see a couple more things before we read this again. In verses 39 through 42, it's this concept of lifting the needy. And 39 and 40 could refer to the exile, um, but it's talking about this idea of humbling. And while God humbles the proud, he also lifts up the needy that are suffering. And God blesses his people, but he puts those down that are resisting them. And I think about this in terms of the people that, like in my own life, 
Um, when I have been, I've done like a variety of careers in my life, but when I have been pursuing things because I want to pursue wealth or I want to pursue status or I want to pursue any number of things, insert your thing here. What has happened is I have seen God humble me humble me. I mean, at one point in my life, I had owned a business and I started off very humbly doing things a hundred percent God's way. And then you know what happens sometimes we get into those situations. And I was very young, I was 19 years old and, and it grew too quick and I didn't even know what I was doing, but it grew too quick and I was making bank, but then I got real cocky and I started thinking it was a result of my own skill versus God's blessing in my life. And you know what ended up happening? I ended up losing that business. And I went from making a ton of money to, you know, not even barely being able to pay my staff. And that humbling was a life lesson. It was hard to learn, but that was a life lesson for me because I don't do that anymore. I, I mean, I'm not even chasing wealth. I'm, I'm, I serve, I pour out the, the podcast as a free resource for people because I want them to hear God's voice more clearly. And so I think we see that it's this biblical principle of, of how he's going to humble those proud. You know, you hear that the pride comes before the fall. It's literally a biblical principle that we have to be cautious about. But then we also see how he lifts up the needy who suffer. And I love that we serve in this opposite way, or we see this in this opposite way of how the world works. We see God do things opposite. And then the last section I want to talk about is this end where it's talking about being wise. And so this appeal to the wise, which other places in scripture, we see that word wise, it's defined as really the people that fear God. You can read about that in Proverbs uh, chapter one, but it's the people of God that are loving the ways that God is working and following him and pursuing righteousness, those are who he's talking about when he's talking about the wise. And so he's talking about them in this section and how he rescues those that are in danger who call on him for help. And so what the psalmist does in a really beautiful way is he's using these four deliverance stories with these four different reasons why they need deliverance. And then he's calling on them, God's people, the wise, to thank and praise God for saving them from these different kinds of dangers. And so while in two of the scenes, the the danger is definitely caused by their own sin, the other two, they're not. And even so, even when they are caused by sin, God saves his people. What's the key here? When they call on him. So if you're finding yourself in this situation where you are facing a storm or you feel like you're in chains or you are in a position where you know you got there because of the choices you made in your life, it does not matter because we serve a God who responds when he, we call out to him. That's the key, calling out to him in the middle of your storm because he's the one that calms the chaos. Let's read again, starting in verse one. Psalm 107, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say this, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from the east and the west, from north and south. Some wandered in the desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. 
He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness and the deepest gloom, prisoners suffering in iron chains, for they had rebelled against the word of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of the darkness and the deepest gloom and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. For he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent forth his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works with songs of joy. Others went out to sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths in their peril and their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and they were at their wits end. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. He turned the rivers into a desert, flowing springs into thirsty ground, and fruitful land into salt waste because of the wickedness of those who lived there. He turned the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into flowing springs. There he brought the hungry to live and they founded a city where they could settle. They sowed fields and planted vineyards that yielded a fruitful harvest. He blessed them and their numbers greatly increased and he did not let their herds diminish. Then their numbers decreased and they were humbled by oppression, calamity, and sorrow. He who pours contempt on nobles made them wander in a trackless waste, but he lifted the needy out of their affliction and increased their families like flocks. The upright see and rejoice, but all the wicked shut their mouths. Whoever is wise, let him heed these things and consider the great love of the Lord. Father God, let us be wise. Let us be wise as we consider the love of the Lord. Lord, I thank you for this pattern we see over and over that despite the reasons for the chaos, you intervene to calm the chaos. That even when it's a result of our own sin, that the turning point is us calling out to you. God, I pray for my friends that may be walking through seasons of chaos in their lives right now, God. And we can see from scripture that it doesn't matter how they got where they're at. What matters is that they call out to you. God, I pray that you would intervene on their behalf, that you would give them the the courage to call out to you in their distress. Father God, I thank you for the way that you respond to us, even when we have been faithless to you. I thank you that you reveal yourself to us through the pages of these words. I thank you and praise you in all things. Amen. 
Hey friends, are you needing a couple more resources? I want to let you know that in addition to the resources I mentioned today on the show, I have a whole section of my website called the resources page. There is a free download for a seven-day devotional. There are lots of Bibles, journaling Bibles, note-taking Bibles. There's my Bible study, She Hears, which is a Bible study about Jesus and the book of John and six women that he interacts with. He encourages, he calls, he equips. And then in that Bible study, I teach the color method and the color method is designed for you to be able to take that method and use it on any passage of scripture. So I encourage you to check that out if you're finding that you need some additional resources to dig a little bit deeper. I pray those are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.